Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I am, as always, excited to connect with all of you guys again. Um, my name is Ashley. I'm your host. Uh, thank you to everybody that uh, are regulars and come and listen to the podcast all the time. But thank you to all the new people that have shown up. Uh, I appreciate you and I appreciate y'all spreading the word about the pod. Um, but today I'm, I'm super excited uh, to have a special guest on And we're going to get into, she is a young entrepreneur and she's just like, when I first spoke to her, I was like, man, this is very inspiring. Like I feel inspired to go continue chasing my dreams and going after my passions because, um, she's doing all the things at a very young age. And, um, yeah, I just think it's very admirable. So today we have Akia Fortson Brown on the podcast. Welcome to Black House of Anxiety too, Akia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, yes. You thank you for coming on um on a Saturday nonetheless. So I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> um so before we jump in, I want to get give y'all a little bit of background on Akia. She was born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey, and no matter where she has gone in life from a private school to college and to becoming a leader in the entrepreneur world, entrepreneurial world, she's always carried a pride in being a black girl from the hood. On the other hand, exploring and navigating all those spaces, she has had to navigate her own journey with anxiety and imposter syndrome. Through this journey, she has found the importance of balance and self-love and self-exploration. And you can find her nowadays shopping, making content, hanging out in the community, helping her community, running her businesses, and that's multiple businesses, um, or traveling. So uh, I'm excited to to get into that. I know we're going to get into... Um, your entre- entrepreneurial work uh, during this podcast. But before we jump in, you know, we, we got your bio, but we want to know a little bit more about you. So we are going to do our fast and curious round. And that's basically three minutes of me firing some questions at you. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind. If you got a story behind it, you can tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three minutes starts now. What is your cell phone wallpaper? Um, it's a picture of my godson. <laughs> oh, cute. I love that. Um, if aliens come down to earth and they say, you know, you we can get a free one trip, one way ride. You can get a round trip and come back to earth, come visit us and come back to earth, or you don't have to go at all. What are you doing? Um, I think I'm gonna go. You going one way or are you coming back? I'm coming back. I'm You're definitely back. back, but I'm gonna okay. go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, if you could be a season, what would you be? Summer. Summer, me too. I think you're the first person that has said summer. So we're right here. Um, what is the, so you might have to open your phone for this one. Mm-hmm. What is the last song that you listened to? Yeah, definitely got to open my phone for that one. Um, let's see. Um, Torn by G Herbo. Oh, I don't think I've heard that. So I got to look that one up. 
Was that does that put you in like a hype mood? Like, are you chilling? What 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 kind of mood are you are you into? Um, actually, so it's quote unquote drill music. Um, so it it kind of like I don't know, just touches a different part of me. Like what he's talking about, I yeah. kind of just relate to some of the things he's talking about. So I guess it's I don't know if it's a particular mood, but it's just like yeah, I I just feel what he's saying. Like, it just hits yeah. you on a spiritual level. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like drill music from the UK. I mean, I like American. Yeah, I, I've been hearing UK has been coming up. Okay. Oh yes, they're killing it over there for real. Um, let me get back into my questions. All right, <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where are you going? Anywhere in the world for a mm-hmm. year, I'm definitely gonna say Morocco. I like. I never Ooh. been, but I want to go so bad. <laughs> Morocco, I like that. Um. If you are going on a vacation and you have the option of choosing like a beach vacation, a city vacation, or like a cabin in the woods somewhere, where are you going? Definitely not the cabin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we see too many movies to be staying at a cabin. Right, right. And I don't really like cold. Um, so it would definitely be between beach or city, but I'm going to go with beach. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, what is the last book that you read? Mm, the last book I read in full might be Hood Feminism. Oh, how was that? That's that's by um. Oh, I'm blanking on her name. Um. Yeah, I am too. Hold on. Quick Google search. Quick Google search. <laughs> I am blanking on her name. Um. Somebody listening is like Mickey. Mickey. Mickey, I know what's her name. Uh, Mickey Kendall is her name. Okay, Mickey Kendall. Yeah, I don't think I've read it, but I've yeah. seen it. Did you like the book? Loved it? Like, would you? Recommend I did like it? the book. I would recommend it. I like the book. I, I love the book. I think it opens our eyes up to a, a lot of perspective when it comes to not only being women, but black women, and then black women from the hood, and mm-hmm. kind of you know exploring those. Uh, different intersections of identity because that's three different aspects of identity kind of coming together in one person um, and kind of helping me to like, you know, unpack some of the things that I have been through. So I really do like, and I would recommend it. Yes. I'll make sure we add that to uh, add that resource to the description. So y'all have it for later. Um, What is one thing about you that nobody would ever guess? Like, like one fact about you that you're like nobody would ever like guess that I would do this or be this way. Wow. Um. One thing that someone would never guess about me. Oh. <laughs> okay. Really random. Mm-hmm. Um. At one point in time, like when I was a kid, Justin Bieber had me in the tightest in a chokehold. <laughs> Like, I don't think it's anything wrong with, like, you know, Justin Bieber's music, but I don't know why he had that much of a hold over me. Like, I mean, listening to the CD every day, really? like, singing all the words. I wanted to go to the concert so bad. Like, <laughs> he just really had me in a chokehold, and I just can't explain why. But to this day, like, if I listen to those songs, they take me to a happy place. So I guess it was a good uh, Yeah. That is a good cho- I love that. I love that for you. Like, I think everybody has their little, like, crush or like obsession mine was 50 cent back in the day <laughs> i'm aging myself right now um but yeah 50 cent had me in a chokehold my mom was like why do you like him and see with justin bieber it wasn't even the look it was really the music because like i think probably around the time that justin bieber comes out 
Mindless Behavior would have been like Mindless Behavior or maybe Chris Brown would have been okay. my crushes. Yeah. But Justin Bieber, it was just something about what he was singing about. I guess because he sung about things that were like in my age group. Like he's singing about having his first dance with the girl yeah. at the school dance. It was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's cute. It, okay, so if you could eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, okay. Are we talking like the crunchy chocolate chip cookies or like this, the chewy ones? So see, it's a balance. It has to have like a crispy edge, but a yes. soft center. Yes. That's that's the, it has to be an in-between. Yeah, same. I'm the same way. Okay. You are going to have like the most beautiful dinner that you've ever went to. You get dressed up mm-hmm. and you get to invite four people who's sitting at the table with you. And you they could be alive they could be dead they could be imaginary from a book from a movie you can pick anybody okay um i'm going to invite j cole oh yes for sure um i'm gonna invite taraji she's like my oh yes um I'm going to invite Tiana Taylor. Most okay. definitely, she's going to liven the party yes. up. Creative um, genius, right there. <laughs> yeah, and then let me see who else am I going to invite? You said it can be fictional too. Yeah, it can be fictional. You can invite anybody that you can think of. Hmm. Let me see. I can't think of a fourth person. Nobody? I'm trying to think. Um, you got 10 seconds. Oh, man. No okay. <laughs> okay, Madam C.J. Walker. Oh, that's a good one. You got a well-rounded table right there. <laughs> well-rounded table. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you for playing Fast and Curious with me. Um, I feel like we know, you know, we know a little bit more about Akia now. So that's exciting. Um, and we all want to, like, you know, a live tune in to this dinner that you're about to have because it's a crazy combination of people, but hopefully I can get some gems from each of them. Yes. Yes. I, I think you definitely would. Um, we're going to hop right into our mind games segment. So our mind game segment for anybody that's new and listen to this podcast uh, is basically where I give you some trivia. So I uh, either describe a mental disorder or I give you a fact about, um, mental health and you kind of get to fill in the blanks so you can guess the disorder guess the syndrome um today we're changing up the question just a little bit so today i'm gonna ask you to name all 10 personality disorders so before you start naming them or, or hit up dr google i will give you the description of what a personality disorder is so a personality disorder is a type of mental disorder in which you have a rigid or unhealthy pattern of thinking functioning and behaving. A person with a personality disorder has trouble perceiving and relating to situations and people. Um, So there are 10 total personality disorders, uh, 10 different types of personality disorders. So I'm not going to give you the answer now. You do have to hang out with us for the rest of the episode. And at the very end, I will give you the uh, 10 personality disorders. And um, I'll give you some fun facts that come with it. Do you want to guess any, Akia? Well, when you said 10, I was like, wait, I don't know 10. Um, <laughs> I can try guessing some. So um, does multiple personality disorder count as one? 
So multiple personality disorder, that's a, that's a really good guess. Number one, interesting enough, multiple personality disorder, I, I believe has been changed to dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not a mental health professional, major disclaimer. I'm just a black girl with anxiety with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe it was changed. So I think for years it was multiple personality disorder. I won't tell you if it is or, or it isn't because um, you got to wait to the end. Okay. All and, right. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only one I got. On- that's the only one you got? That's a good guess, though. So I want to um, get into you, Akia. I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of your mental health growing up. Well, let's let's rewind just a little bit. So Akia, I want you to kind of give us a description of kind of where you are at in life right now. So I know that you recently graduated college. I know that you are, you have been a business owner and you have been an entrepreneur even while you were in school. So I want to, I want you to give us an idea of how your life has kind of transformed in the past year or so. Sheesh, it's transformed a lot. Um, Let's, so I've been an entrepreneur for years. Like I started my first business at 10 and I kind of just like each time I started a business, I got better at it. You know, like you start with your babysitting business and I really ran it like a business. Like I had a binder, I had a, a record sheet, like I really ran it like a business. But then I like had a problem with customers. Like you can't get customers fast enough to get the amount of money that I was hoping to get. And so each time I get better and better and better. And so I go off to school and now I'm at the point where I've graduated college in May of this year. Congratulations, um, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And then I jumped right into a certificate program at Cornell University. Um, and I got certified in women's entrepreneurship really to just address some of the, the gender gaps in entrepreneurship and in business. And not only to address um, maybe some implicit biases that may exist within myself or some internalized oppression that may exist within myself, but to also push forward in the entrepreneurial world to continue to knock down barriers and open up doors for people to come after me. So that that was a big reason why I pushed. So I just finished that program at the beginning of, or no, maybe about two weeks ago. So in the middle of November. And um, so I'm finished up with that. And all while that's going on, I have like my hands in a lot of things. I'm like what they like to call a multi-passionate person. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I have my skin or now I like to call it my self-care boutique because I don't want to just minimize myself to just skincare and hair care, but it's just an overall holistic health and, um, helping people to understand that skincare and hair care are a part of self-care. And ultimately that's all a part of taking care of the entire body, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, all of that. So I have that, that's Black Vanity. Um, LLC, um, also known as Black Vanity Cosmetics. And then I have my marketing agency where I do a lot of work for small business owners, um, where I'm managing their social media, their email marketing, as well as I handle PR. So I'm doing a lot of media relations. So similar to how I'm sitting on this podcast today, I'm helping my clients get aligned with podcasts to, to get their thoughts out there to get their perspective out there. And so really it's a marketing and PR agency. That's the hustle lab. And then I have a podcast with my dad um, called booze above podcast. And we're talking a lot, everything cannabis related, Um, how that intersects with my life as an entrepreneur, how that intersects with my perspective of a daughter, um, especially since our family has been impacted by the harsh um, legal aspects of the war on drugs and, me and my dad kind of just explore that in the podcast. 
And then when I'm not doing that, I'm serving on the board of the Block Trenton, which is a nonprofit organization that really just specializes in helping our community uh, get access to resources, whether that be, you know, you know, physical resources like food and clothes or mental health resources, as well as um, spreading information that people would need in order to, you know, continue to advance their life. So education, um, assistance with housing, things like that. So um, I'm at this point where I'm like in this busy season of my life, but um, it feels rewarding. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of just like this fresh wow. grad that's just like got my hands yes. on <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. And um, I want to commend you for all of the things that you're doing and all of the, the buckets you. that you have your, your hands in. Um, I do want to ask you with, with everything that you're doing, even just within this one year, you've graduated college, you've entered uh, and completed a certification from Cornell. Um, you are an entrepreneur. You're also heavily involved in your community. You're a podcaster. Um, and I'm sure those are just like some, some titles, but there are also other titles that you hold like daughter and I'm sure your friend and mm -hmm. you know all these other pieces to of the pie of your life mm -hmm. how do you balance your mental health or what are some ways that you've maybe just started to balance your your mental health while also balancing all of these other like amazing things that you're doing so I think I'll first start and say like I think it's a journey I don't think that there's any like it changes, it ebbs and flows as my life changes, the what I do changes. Um, but ultimately I've been finding some consistencies in this journey. Um, first, A, listening to my body. I learned that if you're yawning, if you're like fighting your eyes to stay open, girl, just go to bed. Like you're probably just not even gonna do your best quality of work. You're that tired, mm -hmm. like just go to bed. So like I'm learning to listen to, listen to my body more um, because I used to just like go on these, these long stints where I'm like, I gotta get it done. And I'm just like pumping out work, which is something that I can honestly say I learned in college and I had to unlearn mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, because college is very much so like get it done. You see a lot of people pulling all nighters, especially if you go to a certain type of school, you see people like, you know, literally like dragging themselves to class because they're so tired. They have so much work to do. And so I had to unlearn that. So that was the first thing, like learning to listen to my body and unlearning that, that I should just push my body to the absolute brink. Um, so, so that was first. Um, and then I think another part of balancing my mental health was first acknowledging the fact that mental health is something to be worked on consistently. It's not something that you just, there's, there's no stopping point. There's no like, end yeah, there's no light like, switch. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's like, you don't just like do one thing and then it's done. So like, I first had to wrap my head around that. Like the fact that like mental health is something that needs to be cared for on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. the same as you would water a plant frequently, you should water yourself. You should, you should take care of your mental health. And I think now I'm learning not to solely just rely on myself. I'm so used to just like, I get it done. Nothing gets done if you don't do it yourself type of mindset. And that's still yeah. something I'm working on. But as an entrepreneur, like, honestly, if you try to do everything that you ever want to do by yourself, you are going to be bogged down with work and not have any type of life. And in fact, you might be overwhelmed with work to where there's way more work than you can handle. And so I kind of got to this point where I was like, oh, you look at all of these successful entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and you're like, but they have people. Yeah, they have they teams. Call. Yeah, they mm -hmm. have teams. Like, hey, I need an event plan. 
Can you mm-hmm. play in this event? Hey, I need a flyer design. Can you design this flyer? And I'm like, well, I ultimately do that for my clients, right? They need their social media managed. Can you do this? I need a skincare solution. Do you have a product? And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to do it for myself. And so that was a big part of prioritizing my mental health was understanding that I'm a person and that accepting my humanity is okay. And I don't have to push myself to the absolute ends of yes. my capabilities yeah. that I can start calling in people that I trust. And if, and if I don't have someone that I trust that can do this, I can go and seek that out. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, you've learned this early. This, yeah. it takes years, yeah. sometimes decades for, for, for entrepreneurs, especially to get to a point where they can relinquish some of those responsibilities and actually start to delegate. I mean, even in like big companies, Sometimes people want to hold on right. to that control because they're like, okay, if I can do it, I'm just going to do it because nobody's going to do it quite the way that I've envisioned right. it. Right. Um, but the fact that you have gotten to a point where you're like, no, delegation is good. Finding people that can be a part of your team is good. It is really health, uh, healthy and like very refreshing to see. Right. Um, what what does your support system look like? So we've talked about kind of your, your the support system that you've created uh, in the business world that you're in. What does your support system look like outside of the business world? So IKEA at home, chilling, laptop is closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does your support system look like at that point? So honestly, I'm very grateful, very blessed to have a support system that I do. Um, my parents are a big part of my support system. I know that I can call them with anything as well as I have friends, like honestly, that have become sisters to me, um, that I kind of, they've been with me through a lot of phases of my life. A lot of phases I didn't understand about myself and they stuck right beside me. So those people have really become my support system really have become like the people that I can lean on. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm also a person that's like, I'll handle it. Um, so using that support system has been difficult for me because I'm kind of like, I don't want to tell people my feelings because I don't want them to bring it back up and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then I'm kind of learning to use that support system that these people love me and that if I trust them with this or that, then I should be able to trust them to some extent with my heart. And so, yeah. um, yeah, leverage, or I don't want to say leveraging because that's not what that's not the right word. That's the business. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. So like building those relationships is something that I've been working on, but definitely my friends, my family have really served as a great support system um, for me. So I, I can never thank them enough for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's beautiful. And it's, I think it's great that you have a support system in your business world and also in your personal world. Um, I know earlier we mentioned that you have kind of battled anxiety or or you've managed anxiety and managed imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome in particular Mm -hmm. and people listening probably like, wouldn't you ask about anxiety first? That's the name of your podcast, but we're going to talk about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. first, um, particularly because of like what you do in your day to day, the fact that you just came out of college. And I, yeah, I just want you, I just want to hear a little bit about like, when was the point that you realized, oh, this is imposter syndrome? Mm, when I started my marketing agency in 2021. Really? That's when I, that's when I realized. Um, because my whole life, um, so I'll just be honest, like being a young girl in the hood, you kind of, you know, you want to change your surroundings. And mm-hmm. I see my mom work so hard. So I always was just like, I want to do it for my mom. I want to do it for my mom. 
And ultimately, when they say, like, there's only, like, one or three paths that you can go in the hood, they say, like, oh, you're either going to be an athlete or going to be a drug dealer or you're going to be a rapper. And a lot of people think, because I'm a female, that that didn't really pertain to me. And a lot of people who may not be from where I'm from might say there's so many other options, right? But ultimately, there are a lot of options, a lot of career paths that one could go on. But when you're from the hood, you feel like it's highly unlikely for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was not, I'm not going to be a rapper. I'm not going to be an athlete. And I'm not going to be, I don't want to be a drug dealer. I don't want to go down those paths. And so I didn't really see where things really panned see out. See the options, me. yeah. Yeah, like there, there, there's nobody to talk to you about the options because you see rappers come out of the hood you see athletes come out of the hood other people you might not see that they once started where you were and now they're to this position without sacrificing the fact that they from the hood Mm because i never wanted to sacrifice i never wanted to be the person that felt i had to suit up to go somewhere and change everything about myself yeah so it felt like yeah those things might be possible for me but in reality i would have to sacrifice a lot to get there and and it's not even about doing the hard work it's like i don't want to have to straighten my hair i don't want to wear blue like it's nothing wrong if you want to straighten your hair or wear blue and black suits every day or wear heels or or walk into an office every day but that just was something that i did not see for myself it just wasn't me and so when it came down to it ultimately my gift was my brain i just always have been gifted with school and in the sense of because I just like soaking up knowledge and it just came easy to me to just sit in class, listen, and then act. And so no one talked about like entrepreneurship, you know, really when I was a kid, at least not to me. I can't say that it wasn't talked about in my city because I'm sure that it was somewhere. But to me, when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You had to say some sort of career that was already chiseled out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or that, but then like, that just seems completely impossible to me, this poor kid in the hood, because doctors and lawyers got to yeah. go to school that costs a lot of money. Yeah. It seems like a very, like something that's out of reach. Almost. Right. Yeah. And so I then started to really dive deep into programming for my, my, what I was doing in school, my accomplishments in school. So I had went through a community-based organization um did rigorous um kind of work so I was doing high school work between seventh and eighth grade to compete to take this standardized test the SSAT to get Mm -hmm. into private school and honestly I had a bunch of denies and um I was down to the wire and and some of the denies were like no thank you um we don't want to admit you at all and then some were like we're gonna admit you but we're not giving you any financial aid which might as well be a deny because I can't afford to go to this school right so I ended up going to the Pennington school which gave me enough financial aid gave me an acceptance like they wanted me and so when I got to the Pennington school I'm now suddenly in this environment where I'm 15 minutes outside of where I grew up and people look at where I grew up as, as so beneath them. Like right. my, one of my first experiences, I'm on a cheerleading team is preseason school has not even started. This is the week before school starts. And a girl, I say, I want to go on a mission trip to Haiti. I've always had this fascination with seeing the world. And so I felt like, Oh, that just makes sense. Like mission trip to Haiti. I'm doing service and I get to travel and I get to see Haiti. Like It just made sense. And I had never even heard of a school giving those options of kids being able to go to another country. So I just was really excited about hearing that. And this girl comes to me and she's like, why go to Haiti? Like Trenton is 15 minutes away and there's people who are hungry and their moms are on crack. And I'm like, excuse me, 
Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. My mother wow. does not do crack. Um, and it, and it's like not to say or anything about people who have been through that experience because yeah. it's an experience that exists. Um, and, and I do want to serve as a resource for people who do as a community, as somebody involved in a community, if you are going through that experience, I want you to seek out yeah. the resources that you need to navigate yeah. that. But it's However, a generaliz- generalization. Right. Yeah. Right. It's an easy so blanketing this- of a whole community. Right. Stereotypes. Right. So I'm in this school. I'm the black girl from Trenton mm-hmm. and I'm me. I talk just how I'm talking to you right now with my hands, head nodding. If mm-hmm. something sounds stupid, I'm going to say that sounds stupid. Yeah. Like that's just, that's just who I am. And so I'm, I just start to feel like there's eyes on me. <laughs> like, yeah. and I start to feel like, am I, am I too loud? Even in my movements, am I too loud? Even in saying stuff, something that very much so should be said. Mm. And, um, then I start to really question myself because I know it feels right to stand up for certain things, but it's hard because I got to be here for four years. Yes. And I get to a point where I'm in, I'm in high school and I never really stopped being me. <laughs> I kind of do make a lot of, I make a lot of noise. Like this ain't right. Um, as a kid that go here and don't make a lot of money, y'all need to fix this. Like I, right. I, kinda, I do stand up for myself, but throughout the process, like I'm exhausted. <laughs> and yeah. so I don't want to show, I don't want to show that I'm exhausted. I don't want to show that I got, that I'm going through personal things aside from being at this predominantly white institution and telling mm-hmm. y'all that y'all need to fix your problems with race and socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. So depending to school has been very great to me. And, they, and honestly, I'm thankful that I was in that environment because when I started to speak up, it was not, it was not, I was not told to shut up. So that was that's, like, that's good. Yeah. Right. So I had people that was willing to listen to that. Um, and then I navigate, I, I go five hours away from home. I'm on this full ride um, to University of Richmond. I'm five hours away from home and I'm in an environment that's like 10 times and, and I'm completely and I'm, different. And it's a completely different sentiment. It is not, it's not, let me listen to what this young girl is saying. It's like, you're out of your place. <laughs> when, mm. you're, when you're saying it yeah. and so but I'm still trying to I'm still trying to hold the front like I'm a college student doing all of this other extra stuff aside from the fact that dealing with social justice is just a drain it's just draining to have yeah. to explain to people that you know what a microaggression is like that's that's just yeah. draining to have to worry about that when you go to class and I'm in sociology class and I'm sharing my perspective as a black girl from the hood and then someone telling me that my perspective is wrong which is like I don't even fundamentally understand that because yeah. how can you tell me something that I lived through is inaccurate it's, I yeah. Lived through. yeah um so I'm going through all of this but I'm still holding up a face to the to everybody else like I'm yeah. fine I'm good I'm here that does it all um, I'm good. I'm good here. I'm good there. But behind the scenes, I'm tired. I'm drained. And I, and I didn't see it in myself that I was like, com- like I was just really running on negative. Like there yeah. was we're past zero. <laughs> yeah. Running on fumes, basically just like, right. yeah. Right. And so I, I still didn't see it as imposter syndrome. I just saw it as you got to do what you got to do. Like mm-hmm. you out there, you got to do what you got to do. And I knew I didn't want to be in a space that I was uncomfortable in. So I was like, y'all not going to make me feel uncomfortable. But in the process, I'm just not pouring into myself. And then, you know, now we catch up. I went through high school. I went through college. I'm going through college. And I'm in my senior year of college. And I'm building a hustle lab. And I'm on Instagram. Very much so a big part of my career as a marketing and PR consultant is looking through Instagram, Facebook, looking through your social medias. 
And I'm seeing that so many business owners are just like at these completely drastic different points in their business. Right. And so I'm like, how do I compete with their content? And that's honestly what's going through my head. How do I, how do I show people that I'm just as good as this other person? Because I know that I have the talents and capabilities. My business just doesn't have the revenue to prove it, but I know that I, I know that I can do this. Like, I felt like I knew that I, that I could do this. And I was just so, so sure that even if I didn't know, I knew that I knew how to figure it out. Like I, that's just how I've been my whole life. Like if I didn't know, I I could figure it figure it out for sure. I and hear that. Yeah. I get to a point where I'm looking on social media and and this is where my mental health journey really takes it up a notch because I'm I'm looking on social media and I'm just like, I might as well just throw the talent. Because it's like I just felt like I just it was just a race that I wasn't winning. And I had to really stop in twenty twenty one. I really stopped and said, But whose race are you running? Your own or theirs? Like Ooh. I really had to stop and say, like, well, what yeah. do you what is the there's no only competition is you who you were yesterday i don't why am i even bothered looking at this like yeah it's not to say that i don't i really don't genuinely i, I believe in collaboration over competition that's why it just really 100 percent. It, really, it really took me aback the fact that i was even thinking like that yeah um do you think that just that came from kind of feeling like through high school and then you know you get you get through college do you think that comes from constantly feeling like you had to assert, like approve yourself and had to keep kind of like fight, standing up for your own humanity and standing up for people to be able to treat you like, like a person and respect the experiences that you've been through. And Definitely. now you're in a digital space where you don't necessarily have the opportunity to like, cause I, I've, I've worked in marketing before and, and it's very much digital. It's very much like a lot of the conversations you're having, a lot of the quote-unquote competition that you're seeing it's not in person it's not necessarily always going to be at a conference it's not going to be at an office it's not going to be at a starbucks you know where everybody goes to for lunch or something like that it's very much a digital digital world so the competition or the you know the other people in your space that you're seeing it's almost like you're assuming what they're doing you're assuming the success you're looking at the cover of the book and assuming what's in the pages exactly exactly so as you, you get to that point and you're like, man, I, I'm just going to throw the towel in. I'm going to quit. I'm going to just do something else. What kept you in it? Um, or I, did you stay in it? And did you, did you come back? Yeah. Like, so my business, I was there, but I wasn't there. Like, and then the best way I could describe it is I felt the same way in college. I called my mom and me and my mom have a very close relationship. When I was away, I talked to her every day. And, and like, I called my mom one time I was in college and I just told her, like, I just felt like a vessel moving through life. Like, I just, like, I just wasn't, I wasn't there. And so I was physically showing up, but my heart was like, not, my mind was not there. Like, I don't, I can't even really describe to you what I was even doing during that time. I don't, and it's crazy because it was just last year. My business has turned around 360 since I got myself together or trying to get myself together, but like, I can't even tell you, like, I was just going through the motions. I was posting a post, but I was, I was just going through the motions and, and it just, it just didn't feel right. You know, like your right. body will just tell, like, this just don't feel right. And so I like took a step back and I like slowed down on posting. And I was like, instead of giving people a lot of surface level content, I'd rather give you like less content and more impact. And so when I took that approach and I was like, I can't give you more impact if I'm so, and for lack of better words, 
if I'm so focused on what's on everybody else's plate, I can't even tell you what's on mine. So yeah. I really had to adjust. And, and that's just me being real. I really had to adjust. Like, why am I counting somebody else? Yeah, yeah. pockets when or, or their success. Yeah. And you're not focused on yours. Yeah, it's really easy to get distracted and not not even distracted. I don't know, I don't know if distracted is the word, but I think maybe discouraged. And yeah. like discouraged from seeing other people, seeing what they're doing and getting that feeling of like, am I supposed to be here? Like, do I belong and, here? Am I yeah. worthy of being taking up as much space as they're taking up? So, yeah. And if, if I'm being real and kind of like, kind of a little bit exploring this in a way that I haven't prior to our conversation, but yeah, like if I'm being real, I look out throughout the course of my life and everything was a metric against somebody else. Like the SSAT, you want to, you want to be the top 10% yep. to get into college. You want to be the top five percent of your class like yeah. so which means that you're trying not to be the 95 or the 90 yeah. and so you're constantly comparing yourself and and also as a as a black girl you know especially in spaces where there are a few black people I'm mm -hmm. often compared to the other black people and mm -hmm. yeah this girl might be from the hood too but she ain't me yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not gonna move as she moved maybe she's yeah. okay with certain things and I'm yeah. not or maybe I'm okay with each of y'all bring something different to the plate Right. And yeah. so I think sometimes, like you said, being in those spaces and kind of having to fight and assert for the fact that like, I just as much deserve to be here like everybody else, because this is an academic institution and I can academically perform and I should not be penalized for the fact that yeah. I don't have the financial means to be here because I have every right to be here yeah. as academically. I, I like, and that was one thing that I, I even felt, I didn't know that at that time. I kept saying work harder, grind harder, show more, do more, do this, do yeah. that, get two majors, get two. I kept telling myself do more because they're going to tell you that you can't. Yeah. And so it just got to a point where I, I had to realize, like, I guess, like you said, I was always having somebody else as the framework on what I should be um, doing. Yeah. The measure. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had to unpack that and say, the only thing you should be doing is, what you said you should do <laughs> like yes 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 yeah, so. it's it's so interesting that that you say that and I think uh, I definitely get what you're saying when it comes to because I went to private school like most of my life and you are always kind of feeling like you are in a space where it's very obvious that mm -hmm. was not created for you in a way mm -hmm. um, and it's very obvious to other people the majority that you're different and eyes are kind of always like on you so right. whether you're doing good things whether you're doing not things that aren't great they're going to be highlighted in a, in a unique way but you always feel like okay I'm if I'm going to do the spelling bee I got to like be at least top three if right. I'm gonna like do a group assignment I'm going to do everything because right. I want to make sure like we get an A because I need to make sure I'm sitting at the top of the class I need to make sure I have all, you know, a great GPA because it, it's just, it's exhausting. And I think getting to a point where, and I think college for me was a point where, you know, it's interesting because this conversation is also kind of making me look into that right. dynamic as well as, as like somebody that has always felt like you have to compare your success with somebody else's as opposed to looking it at as yours and judging it as just just looking at it just looking your at metrics. Your, your metrics your success how are you doing and um yeah I, I I think that's something that we all have to eventually like work through 
and, mm-hmm. and figure out like it's not about everybody else it's really it's really about you and especially like going back to going back to that trope of being that girl from the hood and i read this book called there are no children here um a few years ago it was a great book because it kind of talked about like when you grow up in a certain mm-hmm. environment kids sometimes don't really even get to be kids because yeah. it's just so much going on that you don't you don't really even have the time to to that exploration part of mm-hmm. it is like you don't really have the time to do that so like when i went to college and how people are like trying this and trying that if it wasn't about the books, I wasn't doing mm-hmm. it. I don't have the money to stay here longer than four years. I'm on a scholarship. Yeah. I need to get in and get out. Like, yeah. And so when I look back at that, going back to that book on like one of the, in one of the last chapters of the book, it talks about how like, as a kid, one of your fun, you learn it in sociology too. I was a sociology minor when I was at the university. Okay. <laughs> and like you learn it, you learn that, Basically, we we structure our future visions based on what we can see in front of us in our life. And so the young boy in the in the book, I think it's based off of a true story, uh, but he just adapted the names to protect their privacy. But the young boy in the book, when they asked him what he wants to be when he grows up, he said a bus driver. And so when the person who wrote the book, um, the kind of the sociologist writing the book, kind of discusses like, talking him like why did you say a bus driver all things and he's like the bus driver comes at the same time every single day like that's the only mm-hmm. consistent person that he had in his life. Mm-hmm. and so he was like I want to be a bus driver and he's like the bus driver makes me smile so like that particular Aww. bus driver that he got on the bus with that particular bus line he knew that person and he grew to understand yeah. like I just want to be a good person like and a good person to me is this bus driver but in society you're going to say like you're going to tell the kid you're not dreaming big enough because you said a bus driver right and, yeah. and it's like why though like you, you didn't even investigate why this kid wanted to be what they wanted to be and so yeah when you look into it I've been told like I said I wanted to be a teacher someone told me I'm wasting my smarts teachers don't get paid that much and like a lot of what people would tell me was like you're so smart you should get this high paying job now look, don't get me wrong Obviously, we live in the United States of America. We need money to survive. Yeah. But like, ultimately, I realized people were putting on these these salary numbers onto me when my interest was family and traveling. Like, obviously, yeah. I need money, but like, my interest is not being in, not a, in a mansion bad. somewhere and just yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I want to be comfortable. I want to provide for my. I want to be able to provide for my family. Of course, I'm never going to say like, "Oh, there's a limit to how much money I want to make." But like, ultimately, my driving force is to yeah. be happy. And so, when I'm looking at what I'm measuring success as, happiness has to be considered, not necessarily always the like salary number. So when yeah. it came down to me navigating college, I'm thinking like, and even the business world. Yeah. Because people are putting saying I make 10k in a month, people are putting these numbers on it. I yeah. just personally just, you know, like it yeah. just it just what, didn't mind. One thing for me, I went the private school that I went to for high school. So I had an interesting like transition from going to private school when I was really young throughout elementary school, and I went to like I always tell people I went to the poorest elementary school like private schools at that time. Mm-hmm. like the, the bottom two in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like my mom was paying tuition, but like it wasn't what you would think of. So then I go to a high school that is a prestigious high school, like well-known and everybody that has money in Las Vegas, their child is there. And I remember going to school and realizing 
you know, seeing kids drive brand new Hummers, seeing kids get picked up in limos, seeing kids saying, oh, my nanny, um, you know, is going to pick me up. It was a whole different world for me um, in the household I grew up in. But one thing for me, and I will never, I will always hold this with me is that all this money that does not equate to happiness. Yes. Money can definitely get you to a point where you feel like you are comfortable and secure, but there is an abundance of money that you can have. And I've seen kids with an abundance of money, families with an abundance of money, and people are still miserable. So I I hear what you're saying when you're like, money is not the top of my priority list. But I want to ask you as far as what is your happiness? What is a key as happiness look like? And I feel like for a long time, I like, basically to step take a step back, I didn't know what that looked like. Like, I didn't actually even fundamentally understand what happiness meant for me because I was just always like, I want to get out the hood. I want to check I want to, yeah. yeah, it was just like, I got to go to college. I got to do it. And then I get to college. Right. And like I went through that, like I said, a community-based organization that's helping kids get into private school. So I go through this organization. I go through private school. I get to college and I'm like, they didn't tell me what to do after. What do I do after? Like what comes mm. next? Like, yeah, you get a job, but like, What's okay, next? like you kind of prepped me to be class of 2022. What am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I don't know anything else but school, 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 school. And anybody that has known me for a while, they always say, oh, Akia is big in the books. Akia going to do this. Akia didn't do that. But they didn't know that behind the scenes, like I'm really hustling because I don't, I, don't I don't know nothing else. I don't, yeah. I didn't. And so when it came to understanding my happiness, that's something that's uh, still a work in progress. But ultimately, I know I want to be surrounded by my family I know I want a family of my own as well as I want to be able to like I said travel the world to see new places um and then also a part of happiness is me I'm I'm finding this theme in my life if my if this part of my life was a chapter in a book I think I would call it balance because I want to find a balance within myself and I'm finding that as I explore things like I got my first massage um earlier in the I year. love that for you yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I've never really understood the concept of this is what people mean when they say pour into yourself. And it doesn't have to be a massage, but sometimes it can be like a solo, you know, you go just, even if it's up the street, you get a hotel room and you just chill and you just relax. And like, yeah. I'm learning that. So I definitely want a lot of a lot of space for that. I don't want to be like, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, people are like, you got to stay busy. But honestly, I perform work better when I take time to relax, to spend time with friends. When I go out, go get a drink, like you come back and you feel you feel refreshed because you had time to like socialize and unwind and just be just have fun. And like, you know, like we live so much in a hustle culture that it's like got to be doing work, got to be doing work, take your work with you. But like, honestly, I like I think a part of my happiness is also having time to pause, having time to just be like yeah. I don't it, it's it's hard and it's heavy always worrying about preparing for some problem in the future or for something in the future. it's heavy and so I think a part of my happiness is space to pause I love that I love that for you yeah. and I love that that is something that again you are you are discovering these things at 22 22 right mm-hmm. so I think that's awesome. The fact that you're in your early 20s starting to really work through these things. I think for a lot of other people, sometimes it takes a lot of time. And I think the fact that you have been on go mode for a very long time, the fact that you've been able to 
pause and say, okay, this is what I, this is what I value. And, and I ask you what your happiness looks like, but honestly, I mean, I'm 32 and it's constantly changing. It's constantly shifting. So the more of life that you experience, the more you're going to be like, okay, this little piece of happiness, I like this too. Okay. This, this thing that I thought made me really happy, eh, you know, not really, not so much anymore. So it's great that you're just aware and and being mindful in, in that way. Um, so I want to ask you, and I ask a lot of people on here, um, as far as like your coping toolbox. And so this could be your anxiety coping toolbox. Um, it's an imaginary toolbox that you have. And I want you to name three things in that coping toolbox. Now it could be anything. It could be rest. It could be um, hanging out with your friends. It could be a massage. It could be whatever you want, but three things in that coping toolbox. If I'm being totally honest, um, there's cannabis in that toolbox. That's um, fine. <laughs> no judgment over here. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say cannabis, right, is because cannabis is more than THC. Everybody hears cannabis and thinks, you know, THC get high, which that is part of my life. But um, there's also CBD and hemp and things that like a lot of people don't know, like, for example, like I use hemp in my hair, but CBD could be really relaxing and you can get it in lotions. You can get it. Same with hemp. You can get it in yeah. lotions. You can yeah. smoke it. You I'm a big it. CBD lover. Shout out to yeah. our box on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, as far as, as far as that goes, right. I, and on, I talk about it on Boozer Bud podcast, but like, I really found my relationship with cannabis in a healthy way because I realized I'm always on go. I'm always running. And and I realized even in college, when I, when I found the slightest bit of free time, I would fill it with a club or I would fill it with something to do because I did not understand anything, but just, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Right. If there's free space, you have to fill it up with something. They'll think you're lazy. Like I, I, I interpreted relaxation and, yeah. and free time as um, like not being productive or, yeah. or inefficiency. And that's just not the case, but cannabis and developing my relationship with cannabis allowed for me to honestly slow down and like I really get introspective especially um since I've been paying attention and what they call like a weed journal or a cannabis journal Mm -hmm. paying attention to what strains you are smoking or ingesting or using to understand how that is affecting your body and your mind and I found that you know certain strains and certain combinations of things allow for me to be introspective where like low-key like you kind of are just like going from thought to thought to thought and I Mm -hmm. start to dig I it allowed for me basically to dig into the things that I was pushing down because I was telling myself you don't have time to cry you don't have time to break down you don't have time to rest because there are things to do and so like when I started to smoke and develop my relationship with cannabis it allowed for me to slow down and say you've been running from, you are still a 12 year old girl because you're still stuck Mm. on that situation that happened to you. And how is that impacted? Like it allowed for me to even ask myself questions and say, how, why do you feel this way? Why do you, when I, and sometimes, um, like I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but it's like really, (laughs) it's like really all comes together with like, I'll give this one example. For the longest, I was gritting my teeth in this part. Like, it would feel so tense. Mm-hmm. But the tension had become so normal that it I didn't interpret it as tension. And then mm-hmm. one time I'm smoking, and obviously, mm-hmm. like, weed has relaxation properties. And, I, and I'm feeling, like, I'm like, oh, I feel, like, so 
relax. Like, why is that? And I'm comparing it to how I felt prior to the cannabis. I said, I've been gritting my teeth for, for years so long that I didn't even realize that I've been gritting and grinding my teeth. Yeah. And like simple things like that, cannabis just allowed for me to just slow down and just instead of there being 5,000 voices in my head that are telling me, you got to do this, you got to do this, this is next, this is next, that's next. Instead, I hear one and I hear me. And I hear oh. me saying, girl, like, girl, you are tired. What you going to do after you come back from smoking is you're going to take a shower and you're going to lay down. Like, Yes, I love that. And so that's in my toolbox, definitely. I love that. I love that for you, Nat. I have fully enjoyed this conversation with you. I think that um, I'm admiring you and like cheering for you from afar. Um, Before we wrap up, I am going to get into our Mind Games answer really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, We, so if you guys can remember for this week, uh, we are talking about personality disorders. And so just a quick recap on what a personality disorder is. So it's a type of mental disorder in which you have a rigid and unhealthy pattern of thinking, functioning, and behaving. A person with a personality disorder has trouble perceiving in relations uh, relating to situations and people. So there are 10 different personality disorders and they're lumped into three different categories. So the first category is suspicious. And so that includes paranoid uh, personality disorder, schizoid personality disorder, and schizotypal personality disorder, uh, which we've discussed on this podcast with Dr. Swan Stevens. Um, We've also got uh, the next category is emotional and, and impulsive. So that includes four different personality disorders. That is antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. And the third and final category of personality disorders uh, is anxious. Uh, And that includes avoidant personality disorder, dependent personality disorder, and obsessive compulsive personality disorder. So very interesting that there are there are 10 different ones. And to be honest, I didn't realize that there were 10 until I looked it up and was like, oh my gosh, I thought there was only like six of them. Um, but each personality disorder, of course, has its own set of diagnostic criteria. In order to get a, a specific diagnosis, you have to meet some some or all of the, that criteria. And of course, you would need to go to a mental health professional to get that diagnosis. But for anybody that is interested in Uh, reading up a little bit more about this, I'll make sure the link in the description um, is there so you can nerd out like I do on all these articles and things like that. Yeah, please. I need those articles. Yes, for sure. I'll definitely share them with you. Um, I think personality disorders are are just super interesting and there's so many with so many different uh, symptoms and like the ways that they show up in people. And I just think I'm just, it's all super interesting to me, but Mm -hmm. Akia, I am super thankful to have you on this podcast today. Um, I wish I could talk to you for another hour, to be honest with you. Right. um, I do just, again, I want to give you your flowers um, as a young Black woman who has made it out and and you're thriving in spaces that we are not always uh, the majority in. So I, I know that it's hard to go from a space where everyone looks like you and where you do feel comfortable to moving through life in spaces where no one looks like you sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
and no one talks like you and maybe it's really hard to get people to understand where you're coming from and that can be a very frustrating experience but you're here you've accomplished a lot and I hope that you give yourself some pause and I hope that you realize how much you've accomplished um, and how well you, you are actually doing um, and I hope that you take some time to decompress and and reward yourself with some rest thank you thank yes. you Yes. Um, Akia, I want you, I know you got different businesses and you also have a podcast. So tell everybody where they can find you. Ooh, okay. So the Hustle Lab, you can find us at the Hustle Lab LLC. Um, that's pretty much across all platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, TikTok, and then Black Vanity, which is the self-care boutique. You can find us at Black Vanity Cosmetics. That's across platforms as well. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And then Boozer Bud Podcast, the, pod, the cannabis podcast I am co-hosting with my dad. Um, you can find us at Boozer Bud Podcast on Instagram, um, Buddy Jane, and Facebook. So... Love we're it. all over yeah yes we're gonna make sure that you have everything that you need in the description to make sure you guys follow akia make sure you turn into her podcast um and make sure you you if you're looking for a marketing team your girl is right here so look no further um if you're looking for skincare self-care all of those products um akia is your girl so i again i'll make sure everything is in the description for you um thank you so much for listening make sure to follow uh the podcast at black girls have anxiety on Instagram and TikTok. And if you are looking uh, to share your story, just like Akia has done with us today, uh, send me an email, black girls have anxiety too at gmail.com. I'm always looking for more black women to uh, come on and share their story, but thank you Akia again for joining me today. <laughs> and thank you to everybody that's listening. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>